Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Zero bonus episode. I think it's number seven. The number doesn't matter. It's for the Marvels. I'm Brandon Davis, joined today by Jamie Jurak. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, Marvels. We got Aaron Perrine. Oh, man. Well, I've been waiting for this forever. Let's get into it. And we have Jenna <laughs> Anderson. Hey, everybody. I am so, so excited for this one. We have been waiting. This is our last Marvel movie of the year. It's here. We're going to talk about it. But first, what better way to talk about the movie than by discussing the contents of the film itself? And we have somebody who has proven herself exceptional. And we missed the recap on the Loki episode just last night. So I think we have to do one now. Oh, goodness. We'll see how this goes. It's not as fresh as the Loki ones usually are. So uh, here we go. Are we ready? The Marvels. We open the Marvel Studios logo. All ladies. We love to see it. And then who? who is this person on a moon? She, her name is Darben. <laughs> Uh, Dar, right? Mm-hmm. Darben, okay, oh yeah. Darben, she's on a moon. What's she doing? She's digging through some stuff. She's a Cree. She's got some Cree warriors. She pulls out, what is this? A bangle? We know that bangle. We've seen it before. And she goes, oh, but there's only one. I need the other one. Flash to Jersey City, Kamala Khan. She's wearing the other bangle. We know about that. She's drawn. She's doing her doodad. She's really cute. And she's dreaming about her BFF Captain Marvel and what life would be. But then whoa, she gets thrown into the closet. What's that about? Cut to the day before or hours before. I don't remember. And it's uh, Monica Rambeau is working in space with Nick Fury. And then Captain Marvel's also in space. And she's living on a spaceship with Goose and she's wearing Crocs. And at the same time, Monica's doing business. Captain Marvel's doing business. And they find they both enter this weird, uh, temporally looking kind of uh, thing that will talk about with an official name after I do this and they both touch it at the same time. Oh no, what happens? Bam, bam, bam. Everybody's switching places. Carol ends up in Kamala's place. Uh, Kamala ends up in Monica's place. Monica ends up in Carol's place. They're switching and then comes one of the coolest action scenes ever. Bam, bam, bam. Some of them are fighting Kree. Some of them are fighting Kree at the at Kamala's house. Some of them is in space. Uh, Kamala's running around space. Oh no, oh my God, it's Nick Fury. I'm freaking out. And then and they have a lot of battles and they all come together and they realize that uh, whatever they were touching turned into a body, uh, not a body swap, but just a place swap situation. They're still themselves. And they're like, we got to figure this out. So uh, they they figure out that uh, the Cree the lady has got this bangle and she's going around looking for planets to steal things because uh, over on Hala, Hala um, the Cree, uh, the- 
Kree stuff isn't going well because what happened was when Carol took down the Supreme Intelligence, everything started going away and being bad for the Kree. Carol didn't mean for it to happen, but it did. So she's trying to get air from this, this one scroll sanctuary. She's trying to get water from this one singing planet. She's trying to get sun from the earth. What's happening? In order to figure out Carol, Monica, and Kamala, they must learn to use their switching powers. They're throwing around balls. They're drum they're jumping through jump ropes. They're also using this uh the scroll head mind thingy. And that's really sad because because Carol sees a flashback of uh her BFF Maria. But then oh no uh, Monica has to see her mom when she's dying and it's really hard and everything's tense because Carol never came home and, and all Monica wanted was her auntie Carol but it just never happened and then Kamala's realizing it sometimes it's hard to meet your hero because Carol's going through it and she's been a little tough on Kamala. But you know what? It all works out. They're bonding. They have a singing. They have a ditty. The Cree lady comes. They fight. It all's not working out great. Meanwhile, Kamala's family's up in space with Nick Fury. And there are these weird eggs floating around. What's going on there? After things don't go well on the singing planet, they all meet up again. And it turns out, oh no, the space station's gonna go into shambles. What's gonna happen? But then the eggs hatch and there are furkins everywhere there's a kitten here there's a kitten there and the only way to save everybody is for the kittens to eat them and they eat them and they get on the pods and everybody's rescued and it's time for the final showdown the three main core ladies fight the main bad lady and it goes kind of well except monica needs to go up and close the whole thingy that i don't know what it's called and they're like no monica you can't and she's like no i must i'm a hero and she goes through and then she stays on the other side oh no what happens oh we miss you monica but it's okay carol's moving into her house in louisiana and maybe she'll be back and then kamal's like i have an idea and that's when she goes to new york city and meets who kate bishop oh my god and then later monica wakes up where oh, oh it's beast it's uh there's a whole new monica or maria Oh my god, what's happening in this other world? Baird and Davis is so happy because there's another world where we can care about. What's going down? And that is what happens in the Marvels. Wow. I think. Wow, and that is the Marvels in three minutes or less right there. Bravo. Bang. Wow, wow, Bang wow. Are, are you out of breath? That was, that was harder. That was a lot harder than Loki. <laughs> I, yeah, the movies, after all, might have more to offer than the single episode, <laughs> including more than double the runtime. Bravo, well done, especially for a movie you haven't seen in a few days. Uh, okay, <laughs> so here is the rest of the show. where We we did our recap. We're going to give real quick reactions because we already kind of gave some on Wednesday's show in a spoiler-free way. We'll come back to the reactions for a full review score at the very end of the episode. This is full spoilers, as you just heard. We're going to get to some Easter eggs because there's a lot to dissect. We're going to talk about that ending, those post credit scenes, what it means to the rest of the MCU. You know how we like to do it here on Phase Zero. So that's the structure of today's show. And now that you're all caught up on the Marvels, I think we can properly get started. Uh, for, we'll go around with reactions. I know that I'm the lowest on the film here, even though I'm the only one in a Captain Marvel t-shirt, whatever, that's okay. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm certainly the lowest. All of mine point. are in the wash right now. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in that class. <laughs> I got Monica. That counts. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that counts. We'll, we count it. That's right. Uh, but Jenna, you or Jamie, you're at the top of the screen now. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if your internet's working. We'll go to Jenna. Jenna, you can do a little bit of spoilers real quick. Uh, you've shared your thoughts spoiler-free. What did you think of the Marvels? Um, yeah, I have shared a lot of my thoughts. I've shared 1300 words of them on the comic book website. Um, but even then getting into spoilers is, is a whole separate thing. I, I like this movie more with each passing mi minute. I think it is 
So it just reminds me of what works about the MCU and about the superhero movie formula. And and it might not be completely flawless in its execution of that, but it is so much fun to watch. The characters are just so great together. The stakes and the like way that the stakes escalate was really surprising to me. Um, There is so much comic stuff to unpack from this movie. It is honestly insane. And I just, I don't know. I think that this isn't at all what I would have imagined the Captain Marvel sequel to be, but I'm so glad that we have it because it is just so there's so much to chew on and it's so exciting all right Aaron, what'd you think um as i said before i enjoyed it i really think that nia lives up to her sort of pedigree as a giant marvel nerd because there's so much like comic stuff in here there's so much focus on that the funny thing is that laura cartman the composer told me that this isn't really a sequel it's its own thing and it does feel like that in Mm -hmm. points where it definitely you don't Despite Twitter's yelling, you do not need to have seen Miss Marvel and WandaVision to understand the movie. You might have a little bit of gas, but like the black lady has powers and is really smart. And the little girl is just happy to be here is all you really <laughs> need to know about the conflict. Also, and secret invasion matters. Not at all. <laughs> uh, and that was hilarious, too, because I had to keep that under wraps this whole time as well. Like if you missed that, you didn't really miss much. It's <laughs> just disregard. My goodness. The disregard for Secret Invasion is off the charts and unmatched. That was crazy. Not that I really care because Secret Invasion ended up just kind of being a dud by the end of it. It started so strong and fizzled out with a weird ending. But the 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 fact that they brought scrolls to New York in this movie, and there's apparently actively just people trying to kill all aliens in the streets, like and now nobody even mentioned that, brought it up. The president of the United States launched a war against aliens. And here's Nick Fury knowing that. Like the last thing we saw him do was call the president and be like, bro, you messed up. And he brings a bunch of scrolls out into the public right there. Like it not only does it not acknowledge it, it also contradicts it, which is not a fault of the Marvel, in my opinion. It's a fault of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Don't they end up with Valkyrie in Oklahoma? I mean, they don't say where they're taking them, but yeah, oh, you can no, kind of infer right. no, that they end up in New yeah. like, yeah. You're 100% right. The scrolls don't way. go to Earth, but aliens do go to Earth. That man was 306 years old. He was not human and from Oklahoma. He That's was true. from another planet. The so, thing that counteracted it the most for me was the fact that there is just this happy scroll colony on a cosmic planet that like Carol and Fury are both aware of. And yet it's like, oh, there's a million scrolls on Earth and they have to stay on Earth. Like that, that to me was like, this is really, really weird. Well, that plot line was the first place the movie started to lose me. Uh, But I'll get Jamie. What you can share your, you can include some spoilers if you want to. What do you think of the Marvels? Um, I enjoyed it. I do think you know there are some like overall story issues. I was very disappointed in the villain. You know how much I I love a lady villain, so I was really disappointed that she wasn't really fleshed out at all or interesting. Um, but honestly, none of that really mattered because I was having so much fun. Uh, the the three the three of them have so much chemistry. I love them all together so much. You know how I feel about musicals, so uh, I was all in on that sequence. I know Aaron and I could not stop talking about how much we newbie would hate that um and uh uh i love cats so that was exciting (laughs) and i just i and but you guys i think it we'll talk about this more but we really have to address how funny it is that i have spent every one of our loki episodes plugging my fraser tiktoks (laughs) yeah i knew i knew yeah 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 i was like oh no the scr- of all the people of the <laughs> hundreds of people that have been in those X Men movies that could have showed up, I I literally I don't think I've ever like freaked out more. I 
I had Aaron clutching Aaron on one side and Tony on the other, just in disbelief that this movie gave me that of all things in the world. So, but I will say I was really hoping I'd see that movie one more time before this because I had a little bit of fear that it would be the same issue thing that happened with Thor Love and Thunder. That after my first viewing, I was riding so high from that Hercules post-credit scene <laughs> that the next time I saw it, I was like, oh, I don't like this as much as I thought I did because of that scene. But the more I thought about it, this this does not hinge me being happy about Kelsey Grammer. I really had a good time watching this movie despite its flaws. Yeah, the credit scene was great. Unfortunately, had had it spoiled for me a long time ago. Mm. Uh, so I, I was aware that was coming. I knew a little bit of the multiverse, the splitting up through different universes thing was somehow going to come into play. And maybe that inhibited my experience. I hate experiencing a movie with spoilers in mind. Uh, but that said, I thought like, I agree with everybody. The characters here were so much fun. They put the movie on their back and on paper and maybe somewhere in the editing room, I think there's a better version of this movie because Darben is tremendously forgettable. I mean, and to no fault of Zawe Ashton, right? That's yeah. So it's a no fault of the performance. The villain is completely forgettable. And on paper, the villain makes a lot of sense, especially with this MCU thing we're used to where it's like there's one movie, Carol resolved her issues in that movie by going back and destroying the Supreme intelligence, which obviously seemed like the right thing to do because the Cree were doing messed up things to people and manipulating people to do messed up things through use of the Supreme intelligence. So she went back there thinking she was freeing everyone in a very Tony Stark esque type thing. It results in, you know, the Cree civil war and the destruction of their planet. And now they hate her the most because they blame her for it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That, adds a lot of potential. I didn't feel any of it. I never felt like Darben's story. I never cared about Darben. I never felt like Darben was actually a threat, except in the one moment where she put the hammer on Kamala's head. I was like, I know she's not about to pop this head like a grape. It's not going to happen. But this was a cool, gritty moment in, in, a, in, a, in a movie that was otherwise very light. So it caught me off guard. And I appreciated that. It was a surprise. Uh, I thought the, the three main characters, the three cast who played them, fan, Fantastic. I wish Valkyrie wasn't spoiled in the trailer because that would have been another nice little surprise. I don't even think Tessa Thompson shared a set with Tiana Paris and Amon Vellani. She was never in the same frame as them. She was only in the same frame as Brie Larson. We could talk. I know y'all want to talk about that, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, so yeah, overall, I thought this movie was fine at best. I definitely don't think it was like this awful bad thing. My expectations, honestly, because of all the trash that's been spewed at this film the things that have been said about it and the first two trailers just outright not appealing to me i didn't really have super high expectations going into it i ended up having a really good time i came away from it thinking that was fun i wish the story had and the emotion had hit me better if it hit other people great good for you if it didn't whatever if you saw it you experienced it honestly i support that uh but we're not gonna allow trash and all that kind of crap uh People who haven't seen the movie just coming in here rooting for it to fail in our comment section. So we're keeping an eye on that. But overall, yeah, I think it was better than Quantum Eternals. Uh, what's the other three? I have it above three movies Thor, in the multiverse. Quantum Mania. I don't think I have it ahead of Strange. I don't have it ahead of Black Widow. And I dead. And then there's a big gap for me with Spider-Man, Shang-Chi, and uh, Guardians 3. Those three are clearly the three best with a solid gap over the rest for me. 
That's just me. And I'm sure all four of us would have different opinions. And we will get to that in our rankings episode at the end oh. of the year. Don't you worry about it. We will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Can't wait. Are, of course, I talk too much and I have to get all, all my words out. We're going to take a quick one minute break. And when we come back, we're going to go into the Easter eggs. We're going to dissect the film. We're going to talk about the implications this has on the MCU. And then at the end of the show, we will give you our full review scores out of 10. So that's what you're really here for, right? So we can all argue about it. Woo, no pressure. See you in a minute. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Phase Zero, the Marvels episode. One thing I want to talk about before we dive into actual plot points and Easter eggs and stuff is the runtime of the film. I actually enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. I was like, this is a crispy, fun ride. There's no, no, no fluff on this bone. Sometimes, sure, we probably could have developed the villain a little bit more if we had 10, 15 more minutes to do so. I'd say the same about Thor. But ultimately, in terms of the fun I was having and just getting to the point of the film and the climax, I enjoyed the runtime in that regard. What do you guys think of that? I have kind of mixed feelings about this because I agree it was really fun to get in and out of there. Good time. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. But like you said, it could have used that time to to flesh out that character. And, and I think that would have been beneficial. But also, I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that, you know, people, a lot of people are like, the homework, secret invasion. We've seen all those shows. We know for a fact that secret inv invasion is meaningless. But I feel like People are, who don't know that stuff are going to go into this movie thinking they're missing something because there were a few things in the beginning that I was like, man, if I didn't know these aren't connecting to anything, I would assume they connect to things, if that makes sense. Uh, and and I and so I do feel like as someone who knows they don't, great, but I do think some people are going to assume that there that there's a whole other kind of scroll Cree little bit of information that maybe came in secret invasion that. Uh, so, so maybe just that that beginning felt a little rushed. But on the other end of that, I loved how fast paced we got that opening, that early fight, and everything. Oh, so, I'm so good! Best part I know. Of the movie. So I'm totally kind of have mixed feelings about that. I will just say about the Darben of it all, because I, I even said this to BD after we first watched it, like when we were talking on the phone. Um, Darben is a character who, prior to this point, had two comic appearances. I own that first appearance. I bought it like right after the first trailer came out because somebody, nobody had picked it up yet. I, the fact that they were able to take a character who was a supporting character in two appearances and stretch it into the arc that they gave her. I commend them for that because I think they did it in a really interesting way and they wove the fabric of, what Carol already had in the MCU in a really interesting way. There are so many instances, not just in the MCU, but like at large where we give another villain's deal to a random character of like, oh, we don't want to really use this character, but we're going to give their entire backstory, their entire beef with this character to a random person with two appearances. So I commend them for not giving Star or Rogue or any of Carol's other villains the same, like that story onto Darben, even if it was a little underbaked. 
I mean, it's really, really frothy and fast. And I feel like that was also an intention too, is that like the breakneck pace also enables you not to really think too much about these things, which is a core thing for most sci-fi. Like the longer you think about things, I've watched Brandon Davis try to think through six episodes almost of Loki now. And it's like, what <laughs> is happening? So if it goes fast enough, you don't have to focus on like, why does this work the way it does? I will say they probably could do a little bit more than Darbin. But me and Jenna both said, like, there's only them two issues, right? That's it. Yeah. There's yep. nothing else. And I'm like, that works for me. I mean, there is a monstrous version of this movie, I think, with the timing of it all. Ania said in other interviews that the first thing she picked pitched was, like, time travel, where they would have possibly switched places in time with each other. And that sounds like something that I wish they could have did. And then she said, they said, we're doing that in Loki. And she was like, dang it. Okay, figure out what else we can do. So it ends up being for the best. I'm curious to how it is. I know if I had little children, I'd be dancing in the street right now. Yeah. Because hour and 30, I don't think two hours is a lot to ask of a four or five-year-old with their Captain yeah. Marvel action figure. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't mind a short movie, but I think the villain, I don't, I, for me, I don't care that there's only two issues in the comics. Like, I get that. But... I, it's this is a movie. It's separate. We've changed the comics a lot of times. We've honored the comics a lot of times. I, I want development on the villain. I think like the best villains: Hela, Thanos, Loki. Early on, that like they make their movies. Thor one is really good. Largely, I like Thor one more than most people. But Loki is a fantastic kind of foil to Thor in that movie. And then you have the Avengers with Loki as a villain, and obviously Thanos in Infinity War and Endgame, like the MCU's best villain in my opinion. Hela. I would say Ultron probably High with. Rise. Yeah. Wenwu in Shang-Chi is a fantastic villain. So I think that a lot of these uh Shield Hive Rise. A lot of these uh, are <laughs> I said Ultron, Ultron Hive Rise. Oh, Ultron, Ultron Hive. <laughs> I thought you said Shield Hive Rise. I mean I that, too. It, I think, that too. That <laughs> too. The movie certainly would have benefited from a better villain because the characters, the 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 lead characters were great, and I think they would have only been made even better by a more formidable uh fleshed out adversary. Uh, but neither here nor there. That's that's well. That's exactly that's that's right here. That's what we're doing. Uh, it, one <laughs> another thing I want to talk about is it the plot hole that it resolves that we always go back to is why Carol was not on Earth, and mm -hmm. Carol couldn't bring herself to come back to Earth, which was a big emotional part of the film because she reveals that she felt bad uh, about what what was it exactly that destroying the supreme intelligence sent Hala into like a blackout basically like it shut off all of their resources and just kind of like made their world very apocalyptic and she feels guilty for that the name annihilator made her feel bad and she was like i can't come back to earth and monica was like well I, we always but i was waiting like what the heck so she never came back until the pager summoned her some what 20 years later mm -hmm. uh so there you kind of get it. There's not just she was out helping people and ignoring Earth. She also had emotional, you know, holdups, hangups that were stopping her from coming back to Earth. So that I thought that was a nice that was so much better than how Nick Fury lost his eye. So <laughs> Okay, can we talk about real quick? Like about why is Nick Fury and Goose all buddy buddy? I'm sorry, but if somebody scratched out my eyeball, I'd be a little hesitant around them in the future. And then if there were a million of them around me, I think I would have a panic attack. Excuse me. Would you still feel that way like 25 years later, though? It's my eyeball, Jenna. <laughs> it is my eyeball. 
<laughs> it didn't grow back. That is true. That is true. I just think so much other stuff has happened in Nick Fury's life. He's like, I'm fine with that cat. I have bigger fish to fry in my life. Fury, I don't know. He <sighs> he knows that Goose got recast, so he's like, this this yeah, that's one true. is safe. <laughs> I'd also like to say there are a, a, a literally millions of orange cats in the world. You couldn't get one with a more similar looking face. This cat has a whole white thing on his face, unlike the first goose. Like, I'm sorry, but but you could have found a cat that looked more like the first one. But listen here, you know. I'm fan. I, listen, you you got something against my UK friend, the cat working? Why why can't he work, Jamie? Oh, dang it, they got her. They got her. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to start at the beginning and go through some Easter eggs that I have written down in the order. This is just my order that I wrote it down. I've seen the movie once. I had my notes app open. The, I'm just going to go through them. Feel free to add any in that you guys have found as well. We could all discuss these. The hammer, the universal weapon that Darben is using, clearly still has the powers of the Power Stone, right? Is that the same, un the same exact universal weapon that Ronan had in Guardians of the Galaxy 1? I have no idea. Like, the, I mean, the comics barely define like how many universal weapons there are at any point in time. And so like there could be it could be the same one. It could just be like every accuser gets one. I have no idea. But this like I, I asked if it's the same one because of the purple glow. We know Ronan slapped that power stone in there in the beginning of Guardians 1 before he took the head off that Nova Corps man. So I don't real like it seemed to imply it still had those powers because he also took the power stone out of it. Right. Or no, no, that hammer got destroyed. Mm -hmm. Oh. Because that's that's what they did at the end of the movie. Okay, yeah. So, so then, yeah, wanna... it's probably a different one then. Huh, interesting. They just issue them out when you become an accuser. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's it. they got like five of them in the comics, right? Yeah. Doesn't yeah. Carol it's... get one at some point? She does, yeah. Yeah. It seemed to have some sort of power stone power in there, but maybe that's not the case. Um Darben found the one bangle, no connection to the 10 rings, which it seemed to it was implied from the Miss Marvel series. When they find the, when Kamala finds her bangle, it is in a, like a rubble of Cree on a Cree corpse, but it's on top of a uh, imprint of the 10 ring symbol. Uh, so I don't think we're going to get any back, any further backstory on that, which is kind of a bummer in my opinion. I was just glad they answered the question of where the Absolutely. other people was. And I know and you like, want to so talk about, yeah. They made it Go easy ahead. enough of just, it was just on the moon. Like I, I, I always don't mind those kind of hand wave answers if they are done well. And I thought that was done well. And even though these quantum bands kind of function similarly to nega bands from the comics, I know you want to talk about this. <laughs> I know you have thoughts on quantum bands and the powers being similar to what nega bands do in the books. I mean, we've debated that since the since Kamala's show came out. I feel like that is an old debate, but I was just glad they said the word quantum band um, and just the way that they expanded the cosmic lore writ large. I know there's one Easter egg that I'm waiting with bated breath for BD to talk about, but yeah, I was just happy to hear the words quantum bands. I appreciated that uh, there was basically, well, two things I appreciated. One was there was basically a previously on through Carol mm -hmm. looking back at her memories. And it was like, I was thinking like of all the things you're doing a previously on, it's the one that this audience was most likely to watch. Cause it was pretty much all throwbacks to the first Captain Marvel movie. And I feel like if you watched Miss Marvel, you got a really enriched experience because they didn't really touch on how she got her powers. They just were like, here's this super kid from New Jersey. She has an awesome family. They're entertaining. Here you go. No real sort of there's, well, yeah, we use light. You, you turn it into matter. I let light move through me and I can see it. And Carol turns it into energy. And that was kind of it. And I was like, cool, that works for the movie. But if you've watched Ms. Marvel, you certainly get a lot more out of it. Um, 
they said send Nick Fury to voicemail, which firm strongly reminded me of Spider-Man Far From Home, where Happy Hogan was like, "You sent Nick Fury to voicemail." It's like he's not the only one to do it. Uh, what else we got here? The school of refugee co- colony was on Tarnax. I don't know if Tarnax is. Is that a? They may off the top of their head know if that's a key location. If I remember correctly, it is. I know at least one of the planets that's mentioned in the movie was one that the Fantastic Four went to, like way back in the 60s. It might have been Tarnax or it might have been another one. But there was that. And then Droge was from like the New Avengers run. And he was a Skrull kind of emperor in the similar way that he is in the movie. It does appear Tarnax is where uh, Fantastic Four. Also, oh, whoa, hold on. This is the most important thing here. Fantastic Four who were captured during the Skrulls and Darien War, shout out to fandom.com for this, were brought to the throne world where they were put on trial and metabolically boosted to die of old age within three days. They eventually escaped and would have the effect reversed. The Herald Nova would later use the knowledge she gained. Oh, that's not my Nova, is it? Wait, who is this? This is a, Oh, it's Frankie Ray Nova. Uh, <laughs> still great. She's not Richard Ryder. Uh, she gained from the Fantastic Four to lead Galactus to the Skrull Throne World. So Tarnax clearly has connections to fantastic characters, if I do say so. Um, okay. What else we got? So clearly some Marvel Comics references there. I don't think we've gotten to the last of them. Uh, Carol is called the Annihilator. I couldn't help but think of Annihilation, Annihilist, but seems to be ruling that out since someone else is kind of being called the annihilator in the MCU. I want to shout out props to mama Khan because when Kamala's dad was about to get killed, who was the first person to dive on top of him and try to protect him? Love I noticed that. that. Love she that. was a badass. She was amazing. She, yes. That was cool. I uh, will say to the point of whether or not you needed to watch the shows beforehand, watching my crowd react to Kamala and her family was like one of the highlights of the entire experience for me, because I could tell that even some of the critics had not watched the Miss Marvel show and they still were so enthralled, enthralled with Kamala and her family dynamic and her mom. And I was just like that, that proved to me that the movie was working. I, the, the family was Kamala is the best part and her family is fantastic with her, in my opinion. Um, I want to say I, I I also love them so much. I do think it's funny that they kind of ignored her brother's her new wife. <laughs> like yeah, oh. like like there's one part <laughs> where you kind of assume he's facetiming her, but like you don't even see her, and I'm yeah. like they do not. Like at the very end, the mom's like, "Time to have children," but the audience of this movie does not know that he's married. Yeah, there was very minimal reference when he was FaceTiming her and Nick Fury was like, uh, don't record anything. We got Saber was introduced. Like, finally, we kind of knew he was up at Saber, but Saber's introduced kind of the new Space Shield. TVA still better than both. Uh, Carol, oh, another line I want to talk about. Carol chooses to leave some scrolls behind when that planet is getting destroyed by that Kree invasion that uh, Darben had. And this reminds me of Nia DaCosta's comment to Aaron about Captain America. What made him unique was how he was just such a boy scout. He refused to take any losses and Infinity War could have been avoided. If he would have sacrificed one, everybody would have been saved. And Carol made the difficult choice. And this is something I wish they would have explored even more because I felt like this movie gave Carol more personality and more to do and just more of herself than anything we've seen so far. And it, this is hands down my favorite iteration of Carol the MCU has offered us so far. And that moment where she said, we save who we can. I was like, wow, that's a tough call. She knows she has to make it because there might be a dozen more scrolls out there running for their lives. But if they wait for one more, the hundred behind her are all going to die too. 
And that was a lesson for Kamala. And I think that was an interesting moment to think about in this movie. I agree. I, I loved that. I Oh, Jamie, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You're, I you're will say not to, not to always bring back the Illuminati incursion secret wars argument, but it, it made me imagine if we do get to that kind of concept in the MCU and we get Carol like in the Illuminati and she has that same sort of mentality or maybe changes in that mentality because of the time she spent with Kamala. I think that is such a good way. They, they added so many shades to who Carol is in a way that like as a comic reader, I've been waiting for this since 2019. So I was just so happy that she has like very strong convictions and very strong beliefs, even if they're not always the perfect. I love a morally gray superhero that's mostly really good, but has will make the tough call even if it'll come down on them. I support it. Well, I Kamala has because, to learn that lesson too. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. I love I loved watching it through Kamala's eyes because mm -hmm. she's just kind of devastated that this that she's watching Carol make this decision. And the following scene, Kamala's so uncomfortable. She's like she's like she's 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 like uncomfortable in her skin, and you can see it. And Amon Valani just like crushes it. She's just so good. And um and and I love that because like we're we're because Kamala's like us, right? She's like we're all a fan of what's mm -hmm. happening, and it's cool to see to re to have her there as a character uh in, especially in that scene mm -hmm. uh valkyrie shows up to, to take the scrolls that they rescued spoiled by the trailer still a cool moment she's in the movie for a minute if that's that is literally what a cameo is uh shows up little kiss on the cheek little uh -huh. well, that may be a little like we're gonna release this everywhere so we're not gonna take it further type thing because i read that as like hmm, maybe there is something going on here but they're afraid to lose box office dollars and commit to actually putting it on screen but uh am i I, I, I do remember <laughs> reading a headline like a month or so ago that was like the marvel's got a release in china with like no problems and i was like oh man really because it was like that, that kind of proved <laughs> me that <laughs> if we were getting val carroll stuff it wasn't going to be very overt but like i was saying this to jamie i've been saying this to other people the way that brie and tessa play it there you're able to infer that if you choose to infer that but if you are somebody who doesn't know about that ship at all you're just going to be like oh they're close good friends it's literally the meme of like the mm. old lady watching stuff on tv and thinking like they seem like good friends so i liked that they played it that way that's fair yeah, I, mean, I know I'm, i i know i'm not female but i don't go out, i'm not out here kissing people on the cheek like i'm not just like good to see you so maybe, I, I, maybe I mean, something there. as much as i mean you brandon you're from new jersey your family didn't do that everybody all, everybody in my family wow. Wow. You know, the Italian I'm, line. Mwah, I'm just mwah, saying, my know, family's from Jersey. A, we that's all a little different. Hey. <laughs> Get about it. As much as I wish they would have like kissed on the mouth, I agree with Jenna. I think it was a, a really fun because so many of us have been waiting to see this, right? Like this is like such a big ship for for a lot of us, and and I wish they had the guts to take it further. And I also just gotta say, like I I've made it very clear how mad I am that they put her in the trailer. And there are a couple people who were like counteracting me, like, well, I'm gonna see it now because of that. And I'm sorry to those people because if I were them, I'd be ticked off that like that they wrote me in with this two second scene um like it should have been a surprise it would have been better as a surprise it would have hit better as a surprise because if she was in a bunch of the movie great but she was in it for two seconds and, and i love those two seconds i was thrilled by those two seconds i love that little cheek kiss but um but i'm sorry to those people who were like oh now i'll see it so you're telling me that if mobius and loki had kissed on the cheek like that you'd have been like oh they're just friends 
No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you said you don't see people kiss on the cheek, and I'm surprised because <laughs> we come from a similar area where that's common. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Northeast. No, no. Are you talking to me? I think everybody's gay. Full <laughs> 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 quote. That was perfect. Oh, I, I also want to say I want to say something else about the Valkyrie scene because she says to Carol like oh looks like you finally found a team and like mm -hmm. as much as we have debated on this show about the status of the Avengers that felt like the nail in the coffin of like if there is an Avengers right now Carol is not leading them in any capacity and I kind of mm -hmm. liked that they did that but it means we have so much more work now to get through when we get to Kang Dynasty so that kind of sucks but that was just I, very funny to me I very much saw Carol through the movie as a loner to an interesting degree, which I think it is. It goes back to that. Why she didn't go back to earth. She was carrying a lot of guilt for what happened on Hala. Although she clearly just needed Monica to say, Hey, well you could fix that. I guess she just didn't think of that herself, but either way it did come off. Like, why is she such a loner? Like, why does she refuse any sort of companionship? She seems friendly. But then, I don't know, it was, uh, she just refuses to let people in, which is a human reaction, I guess, if you're dealing with that kind of trauma. It was, but it was interesting. I mean, she, she also, like, the people she was closest with, she lost most of her memories of them. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, she's not aging at the same rate, so she got to watch her best friend die. True. And oh, so, actually, I mean, I, I get that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Maria Rambeau oh. V1. Because in that scene where she's remembering seeing Maria, Maria really knew that Monica was coming back. Mm -hmm. She said when Monica comes back with all the conviction and confidence in the world. Now, is that just like motherly intuition? Yes. yes. Uh, in WandaVision, they literally say your mother never gave up hope. Um, mm -hmm. Like they like she they, they made it very clear in WandaVision that that Maria always believed that Monica was coming. Okay. Back. All right. I also I, just want to say I'm so glad we had that moment between the two of them because like the death of Marvell in the comics is such a huge beat and like having Carol be by her bedside and having it be cancer and having it be as close as they could do of that. I think they did that really, really well. Why didn't Valkyrie just take all the scrolls to the garden? Why did Nick Fury not do that? Why has nobody done that? We know there is a very flourishing planet out there with nothing but a purple corpse on it and, and a bunch of green leaves and water. Maybe skulls are allergic to the grass that, that grows on that planet maybe wait till we get to thunderbolts's post-credit scene and that <laughs> it's like the annihilator sitting on that planet and then all of everybody's gonna lose their minds i don't waste too much time on it it's okay uh, <laughs> more, okay there were a couple easter eggs in the reference to uh monica getting a name she called her vision at one point nope that's taken uh, <laughs> photon got thrown out there right no it didn't. Okay, because no. I was watching some videos earlier, and I thought I saw, I heard somebody say that, but Pulsar got thrown out there. Mm -hmm. Bunch of names, all sorts of names got. You're thrown not out saying there. the one name I expected you to say. Wait, which one? She says Nova as an as a name, and then they say no, and I'm surprised that you aren't like hooting and hollering about that because I swear I heard her second. say Nova. You said what? <laughs> and I say I completely missed that. <laughs> I am telling you, that went so far over I, my head, not even I had heard connected. about that a little bit beforehand, and I was like, BD is going to be so happy, and then you completely missed it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I completely, probably because they she started name, naming names, and I was like, oh, I got to write these down, and when I took it to write down, I probably turned my attention <laughs> to the phone and missed it. Now, oh, man, I was going to go see the movie again anyway, but now, phew, really got to. See, uh, Richard also said the same Richard thing, agrees. so I'm not alone. <laughs> Man, I could it completely went over my head. The Nine Inch Nails t-shirt from the first nice. movie made a comeback. Yep. This time Monica's wearing it. 
the singing scene was just i did not work for me i wanted it to end so fast that was was, nah that stuff that is that is too damn silly i don't need that Uh, here's here i i I got well i gotta say my piece real quick on this and then i would love to hear why you love it because i know that's the type of media media you like to consume and you love that sort of stuff and it was well done as far as i can tell for musicals i don't know much about them i just don't really care for them in my marvel movies Iron Man, my love of the MCU goes back to Iron Man. The number one thing they wanted Iron Man to be was plausible. I recognize Carol Danvers and Tony Stark are completely different characters. And a metal suit that uses literal guns and bombs and missiles is completely much more plausible to accept and grounded than somebody who got their powers the way Captain Marvel did and shoots energy out of her fists and stuff. But a singing planet? I I will never accept this. This opinion will never change. I did not need that. I it just I was just like this dialogue is just being drawn out for the sake of singing. This is too damn silly. And Carol's like out here married out here. This is ridiculous. I did not like that. Okay, uh, I have two really important things to say about this. One, um, yeah, if you don't like musical stuff, that I mean, that's just your bag, like right. Like I'm not going to fight for that. I but there are many, many, many of us in the world who love it, and sure, you yeah. know, sometimes we get treats too. Um, but no. and I thought it was, like, but <laughs> but I would like to point out one really important thing about this is that this is a Kamala Khan movie and to me this was a tribute to Bollywood especially Mm -hmm. the way that they were dressed um, the way that Kamala was really into it and that she was dancing the way she was like why aren't you dancing because because they've established him as Marvel she's a Bollywood fan and and to me that was a nod to to her culture and that is why they chose to insert that that's how I viewed it I didn't view it as some nonsensical choice I think that there was a reason for it and yes it was silly don't get me wrong it was a goof fest but i i loved it and i do think that there was a purpose there shout out to a real legend monica rambeau double fisted blue drinks <laughs> like know. a real auntie <laughs> that's what right icon. oh my god <laughs> she was out there getting into it at that by the end of it she was starting to bob a little bit and then uh the music cut off and she was like oh she was kind of like oh I don't know. Yeah, Why? for the listener, BD had two Mountain Dews immediately out of the <laughs> eyeline of his camera. Uh, you know what? That you could justify that. I get the Bollywood. I understand that. It doesn't mean I enjoyed the sequence itself. I thought it was silly. The other scene, that flurkin scene, was also silly, and it went on for so damn long. It that needle drop of- was perfect, though. Mm-hmm. I say well, that as did. someone who hated the Cats movie with a burning passion. <laughs> I That was the perfect use of music in that scene. And I think that they, as ridiculous, to, the whole point of plausibility, I could lecture about this for an hour, but we don't have the time for this. The comics are supposed to be silly. I know there's probably supposed to be some sort of middle ground here and there, but we can have these moments where we completely yes. like forget all sense of logic. We've had them in other space movies before. You look at mm-hmm. Thor, you look at Guardians. There are movies that are moments in those movies that are inherently ridiculous. So I think this movie had it too, even if it was maybe a little much for some people. And this, and that's just, it's accommodating different tastes. I'm a part, like you look at the number one thing I collect, it's Hot Toys figures because they're the most realistic thing you could find. They look so realistic. My favorite artist in comics is Alex Ross because he makes hyper-realistic art. I recognize there is like super stylized art that I appreciate that it just sends your imagination going crazy in different ways. I don't know. I'm just, I like more grounded, realistic takes. Obviously I'm in a superhero franchise. They're going to be all over the place. Some of it's going to be for me in that taste and some of it's not. And in this case, the flirking stuff, I laughed often, but I was also like, this is going on for so long. 
I feel obligated to say that uh, there was a point in time where Cats was the longest running show on Broadway. And I think yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber deserves respect beyond the Cats movie. That is good point. Uh, I'm sure that like, like we, like we should not sum summarize Cats uh, into that one film, uh, but uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, oh no. It, 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 no respect for cats on this show, said the it's internet. A, it's, uh -huh. a, <laughs> only it's a pop art classic. Cats. <laughs> uh, Kamala, when 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 Carol was fighting in the air on Atladna, Ad mm -hmm. uh, Kamala looked like me on the Millennium Falcon ride at Disney World. <laughs> and I thought that was great. <laughs> I thought that was great. More like me on Rise of the Resistance, because as Richard knows, I think Rise of the Resistance is far superior but it Richard is. is pro Millennium Falcon ride. So mm -hmm. I, I've, I've listened. I've only ever been an engineer on the Millennium Falcon ride. And all you do is sit back there and be like, boop, boop. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I was still enthralled that I looked like Kamala. Um, what else we got? Statue of Liberty was the right color. Bravo Marvel. You got it right on the first try. <laughs> Kamala reenacting Fury's Iron Man speech. This is one of those things that I'm like, at first, I'm like, Man, how do people know this? But then again, I, I realized- I was thinking about that too. <laughs> I, I told them, just like, how do people know all of Ant this Man's stuff? Podcast. But th that's the thing. She listens to Ant-Man's podcast. If anybody's going to know or be able to fill in the blanks, this is like us trying to tell the story of Kevin Feige. I, could, I read that MCU book. I will listen to podcasts. I do that stuff. You know, we can go to act like we're Kevin Feige getting rejected from USC film school five times because we know his story. You know- so Kamala is that for every superhero in the world. So it would make sense that there's a trickle down of information. Maybe Tony Stark did an interview at some time. It was just like, yeah, you know, came home. This guy was in my living room, put a, <laughs> told me about an Avengers initiative. And that was it. So I thought that was fun. And now does this lead to a new Avengers, a young Avengers? I don't know. Jamie, sorry, you had something to say. Oh, no. Nope. Oh, the internet oh, there is, is not okay. letting Jamie speak okay. today. I know. I know. I'm so sorry. I do want to say that while I fully believe that Kamala could just know this information about Nick Fury, I also fully believe that this could just be a coincidence because sitting in a dark corner and then announcing yourself in a spy way is like not something Nick Fury invented. Like she could have seen a million <laughs> spy movies and been like, I'm going to do it this way. Um, so I think that either she knows or she doesn't. I think it still plays really well. Yeah. And Lucky was there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, that was my favorite thing. I did not know that that was going to happen. And Ariel like elbowed me immediately. Like she's like, you're getting your wish, Aaron. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. Seinfeld. Finally, finally should have been the post credits to freaking quantum mania, but we could talk about that later. Cause she Who said, thought, oh, this huh? Who would have thought that going into the Marvel's, the projects far more important than Secret Invasion to have watched would have been Hawkeye and X3 <laughs> The Last Stand. Good point. <laughs> I also far can more I, important. I, I just love the fact that she says I'm 23 because it's like the young Avengers of it all is a little silly. And by the time we actually get to it, like a lot of these characters are going to be not young. But I like mm -hmm. that we leaned into that and acknowledged that. Listen, you, you just made a joke about Stranger Things and young Billy Bobby Brown being married. <laughs> and aged and a homeowner by the time we get done with that we're gonna do the same thing yeah. <laughs> all right we gotta keep going here we're running out of time real quick, did it, uh, uh, real quick real quick did anyone else feel like that scene was meant to be the mid credits and then the x-men was meant to be the end credits i really I feel like that, that they, yeah it didn't bother me but it felt like they did that and then changed their mind that's i totally got that vibe it felt like a credit scene that played before the credits 100 mm -hmm. it felt like a credit scene 
Uh, I mean, it was a reenactment of a credit scene with two new characters. It was, nice. it's, to me, I was surprised it was pre-credits. So then I sat through the end. I was like, there must be one more thing coming. But it was before the credits, which was weird. Um, and also, she mentions Cassie Lang, Ant-Man's daughter, Stinger slash Stature, whoever we get her to turn into. Uh, so they're clearly trying to put together a team. There was an idea. Then the second credit scene, Kelsey Grammer's back. Binary's there. I love that moment with Monica. Say like that moment was kind of the moment I've mentioned on the show before where I'm like, I want Tom Holland's Spider-Man to meet Tony Stark from another universe who doesn't know who he is. This was even more powerful than that would have been because Monica saw her mother and she didn't recognize her. And she, Maria Rambeau from this universe is binary. So Jenna binary, I know that's a big comics character for Carol. So if you want to do the honors. So Carol had a very convoluted comic history before becoming binary. At a certain point, she basically gets depowered and repowered and gets mad at the Avengers for how they handled a very problematic storyline. And so she decides to go join the X-Men. And so she gets kind of nursed back to health by them and operates as binary as a member of the X-Men for a really, really long time. And that's where we kind of get the rogue dynamic really, really explored between the two of her. And then there's a newer version of binary in Kelly Thompson's comic run that is just a physical manifestation of Carol's powers. Like she just makes like a human shaped version of her powers for a certain situation. And then that actually gains sentience and becomes a superhero and then dies and it's super tragic and really really heartbreaking Mm. so presumably this is a mutant version of maria who has that similar mutant gene that carol had unlocked the way that i see it is that like she had probably she might have had the same inciting incident that carol had of how she Mm -hmm. got her powers in the 90s and instead of having avengers or having not really anyone to go to the x-men found her and kind of let her into the group that was how i interpreted it well all it would have taken was carol uh maria winning that race to get there first right yeah which they acknowledge in the movie so they kind of like tee that up if that is the possibility yeah that's uh, uh, not Earth 838 because <laughs> Beast says Charles wants an update. So Charles Xavier is still alive, and we know in Earth 838 that man snapped that neck. Uh, so Crunchity Crunch was went Wanda on that one. That was tough. But this Charles has not met the Scarlet Witch, so he's still alive. It looked a lot like the set design was very consistent with those X-Men movies, those early X-Men movies. And also the theme song from X-Men days of future past played in that scene. And X2's music was in this movie. If you look at the credits there, they are both credited. So clearly this seems to at least imply it's a continuation of that in some way, but also X-Men, the animated series theme song played a bit in the Miss Marvel series. And that's obviously not a continuation of the X-Men animated series. It's just, a, I think Kevin Feige having fun with sounds we know and associate with X-Men properties. But I think that's awesome. I'm curious if we're going to spend more time here because it, like we said or on Wednesday's show, this is just the latest post credit scene that we want answers for and have no idea when we're going to see it answered. I really hope that when we get in here on Monday, when I don't have to work, shout out to Jim, that they'll announce that Lashana Lynch is in Deadpool 3. That's a dream. Oh. That's a dream. Ooh, that's, yes. that's the dream right there. Um, I don't know if that'll happen or not, but that would be like, ho, ho, tie it all up in a bow. If they do that, it would really win a lot of favor back, a lot of trust back. 
I mean, they have time to write her into the darn movie. We, <laughs> that we, is we true. can still do that right <laughs> still now. Still have half the movie to film, so right. she can fit into that other half. Yeah. I, I think at very least, this is laying more groundwork for Secret Wars for like us to have characters from 616 in, in different universes so that by the time Secret Wars starts happening, we can see how they're folded in a little bit more organically. Yeah. I made a hysterical joke with Ariel that we're going to get a weird cross universe hug moment that's like five ways deep with Carol and Monica being back together, and Wanda and her boys, and then of course Thor and Loki being like, brother, you're alive! I <laughs> cannot wait. Cannot wait. Kelsey Grammer's Beast being CGI was an interesting choice. <sighs> I know I Jamie has thoughts. <laughs> I, Jamie, you can go ahead. Oh, I'll just be honest, it did not bother me. I, I, as long as he actually did it and they didn't do some weird, like, computer generated or like like his like 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 how they did uh no way home uh with the two guys that bothered me um but as long as kelsey Grammer showed up and said some lines somewhere in a booth or something <laughs> i don't care i'm like i just i, I was just so happy <laughs> you know she what i mean had like, tears in her eyes like i like i really did and like if even if like yeah i'd prefer him to be in the makeup or whatever i was talking to tony and tony's like i think that he's he served better as a cgi character and i'm like mm, i don't know about that but no. i respect your opinion um but it, it genuinely didn't bother me i was just like I, again the randomness of that choice of all the people they could have put in that room they put kelsey freaking grammar star of the fraser reboot <laughs> I personally think he may have been CGI because they didn't want to have Kelsey Grammer walk on set in the full yeah. beast costume because it would have leaked. Mm. Yeah, it, that's true. You know, they could have maybe just had a stand in. Maybe uh, Lashana Lynch and Tiana Paris had no idea who they were even working with. They didn't know the other character in the room. Would have been the first time Tom Holland was going to a wedding. Remember? So I think that maybe they just wanted to keep it a secret. And I could also see maybe Kelsey Grammer was like, I ain't wearing the makeup though. So yeah. I hope, the CGI just continues to improve. I think obviously we all agree CGI in the MCU could use a little work. Oftentimes it's mostly pretty good though, between Loki and most of the stuff in the Marvels. Uh, I thought the first scenes, like that whole setting was so clearly a set and pretty fake, but, and, and, but, and there was a couple shots of like Darben who we didn't touch on this is now dead. Uh, <laughs> presumably got shredded oh, to bits. Which, <laughs> There's yeah. no way she can't fail. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I also I love the practical sets and the practical costuming. I feel like it's it's it shouldn't be as rare of a thing as it is, but I think because they had to factor in the power switching and they had to be very intentional with the choreography of every single beat, I think that led itself to have a little bit more practicality. And I'm so glad that they had it because it, it made it such a better viewing experience in my mind. They yeah. spent three months making the Sabre base and Carol ship. Wow. Each. Wow. So wow. it was like a big lift to like make it feel like a tactile thing, which yeah, is wild. Cool. Shout out to that, Nia. All right, we got to get this wrapped up. So we're going to take a quick one-minute break. When we come back, we're going to get our review score out of 10 and what we think this does for the MCU going forward. See you in just a moment. Subscribe. to phase zeros the marvels episode this is the full spoiler recap if you're just joining the show go back to the beginning listen to it on every major podcast platform i mean all of them press play on all of them so we get the listen count uh and listen for like an hour whatever but this is the part of the show where we are going to rate the marvels out of 10 and then after that we're going to have a quick discussion on what we think this does for the status quo of the mcu if anything at all uh in terms of what we can expect going forward aaron you're at the top of the screen i'm so sorry but that means <laughs> give us your thoughts 
Uh, I think I'll go with uh, we're doing out of ten, right? So eight, I'm guessing, because I really, I really enjoyed myself. Like I don't, I like I don't need every one of these things to be the most serious thing in the world. I've said on Twitter that this is the most fun I've had since watching Spider-Man: The Way Home, and I mean that because it's fun. Like I don't really do best in the way that my co-hosts do. You saw me try to rank things during this week's episode. If you listen, and I struggle mightily because it wasn't in front of me because I cannot <laughs> even conceive of hey, what released. What happened? I don't remember. And I wouldn't remember if there was only three things released because I just, I don't consume stuff in that way. But I think that was, I had a fun time. I don't know about anybody else. All right, Jamie, what about you? On Letterboxd, I gave it a four out of five. Um, And that is because that's also what I gave the first Captain Marvel. And I have to say, I I won't fully decide this until I see the Marvels again. But I feel like Captain Marvel is technically a better movie. It has more of a feel of a beginning, middle, end, kind of a, a solid on its own thing. However, I think... I enjoy the Marvels more because it's just more fun. And it's got those three women who together are dynamite that they're the three of them together, no matter what else doesn't work is enough that is going to get me to watch this movie again and again. And you know, that rewatchability is a big part for me. So I, mm-hmm. I gave it a four out of five. All right, Jenna. Um, I gave it a 4.5 out of five on the site. I think out of a, a t- like out of a 10 scale, I would probably give it an 8.25 or an eight. Point five. I think the thing that I keep going back to is the feeling of when you watch like a really good Western movie or a really good musical movie that might not necessarily be like a touchstone of the entire genre, but is a really, really good example of how to do the tenets of that genre correctly. And I think this is one of the stronger movies in recent memory that just shows what a superhero movie can be in all of the fun of that. Yes, it is imperfect. Yes, it is a little short, but I think that it just kind of leans into that and just has fun with it and isn't concerned with the larger picture of what it's in, even as it so much ebbed and flows out of it, out of it. All right. All right. Uh, I'm certainly the lowest here for me. I think the Marvels is about a 6.3 out of 10, maybe 6.4. I'll go 6.4 out of 10. Uh, I, there's a lot I really enjoyed in the film. I mean, the, and that is the three main characters. They were tremendous. Like you can't say anything bad about this cast. Kamala Khan is so entertaining. Monica is great. This is the best Carol Danvers we've got in the MCU so far. I just think they were given a a story that could have been told and executed a lot better. I think the MCU, again, is missing the mark on scroll stories. uh, And the Kree scroll stuff just doesn't really land for me. Uh, The villain was very forgettable. The VFX were mostly very good. The humor was great. I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, And I think maybe now I'm also just being more critical after sitting with Thor Love and Thunder and being like, okay, I had a good time. Now let me think about this movie ah, uh, nope. And then Quantumania, it's like, okay, this movie was messy, just flat out of the... So I think if this movie came out, like Jamie said on Wednesday's show, a few years ago, we would all sit here and like have a different level of expectation. Diff- like I think it would have gotten more of a pass from a lot of people. But now that we've seen so many movies that are similar, at least in some regard and structure and things like that, I feel like the bar has to be raised and these characters really should be part of like a just... Um, a story that I feel like could have been told more tightly and more emotionally because the emotions for me, at least they didn't hit for me. Uh, and I think they're on paper. They had a really good story with the villain coming out of the first Captain Marvel movie and it just didn't come through for me. So overall, I think the movie is just fine. Like I, I had a really good time. I wished I liked it more. I liked it more than I thought I was going to based on the first two trailers. So, yeah. Uh, all right. What do we think this movie is going to do for the rest of the MCU going forward? I feel like, the biggest change is obviously this acknowledgement of another universe that seems to be a factor. Monica is out there. Obviously, Monica is at some point going to come back to this universe. 
The rest doesn't seem to be a huge change for the MCU and the sacred timeline other than Kamala possibly forming a team, right? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. The Monica and the Kamala of it all are definitely the things that I feel like are going to matter the most in the long run. And honestly, I have something. What oh. do you think? Go ahead. If, go. if you have if you have all this beef going on on Earth with the Skrulls and the you know and and presumably Carol's girlfriend living in Oklahoma and America attacks them and she lives in Louisiana, do you think she's not going to pop up? Also, we have two Avengers living in Louisiana now, like two feet from each other. It looks just like where Sam's family house is with that darn boat. Like I don't think any of that's on accident and i would love jenna's perspective on the war machine of it all as well because you know aaron believes at some point you're going to get civil war too even though it's messy even though it's bad it will have that name because that's what we remember in the comics and people will be like oh yes when the world was better when captain america was alive of course i'll do another civil war that sounds like fun not taken out of context in real life only in the MCU. <laughs> now <laughs> What do you, what did anybody else feel like that? Cause I'm like, Oh man, when they try to track the scrolls, she not going to be about that. I have not thought about that at all. I also like, I'm not the hugest fan of the roadie relationship. So if oh, we yeah, don't get weird. to that, it's totally fine. But I, I do like, like you said, the close proximity that all of these Avengers have together. I hope that like when she and Sam meet in Kang dynasty, they're like in a bog somewhere. <laughs> like that would be great. <laughs> I would love to see the Avengers actually meet and do something together again. I hope a team, any sort of teams, start to follow and the, the storylines start to weave together. We are, I mean, I'm pretty sure we are like officially halfway through the multiverse saga. Now this is the end of the movie run for half of phase five, right? Cause they were I two years so. each. Each phase was two years. This is the last movie in 2024. So that, we still have Deadpool right. three Thunderbolts and cap four and dead Thunderbolts is supposed to end phase five in the movie front. So oh, yeah, uh, this is officially the halfway point for movies in the multiverse saga, unless they're adding some down the line. Uh, so I'm glad it ended up being a multiverse story. I don't need these stories to be grand MCU altering stories every time. That was honestly we'll my biggest know. problem with Eternals, that it was supposed to be a grand altering story, mm -hmm. and it just didn't make sense for me in terms of the MCU. That and my favorite characters in that movie just didn't even get screen time. I have several problems with Eternals. But uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we have. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just want to say that um, this was the first time in a while that I felt faith in the post-credit scenes and felt faith mm -hmm. that they are really are setting something up, both yeah. with the Young Avengers and with the the Secret Wars and in the X Men bringing them in. It, like I none of like it's it wasn't like Hercules or Star Lord will return. This felt like this was purposeful, and I think that's why maybe they did put Kate at the end of the movie and not in the credit scene because it feels more. I, I mean, canon's the wrong word, but it just it felt it felt more purposeful than anything has in a while. And it, and it gave me hope and faith and renewed some excitement, even though I'm always excited. <laughs> well, that's great. We, Hey, we love, uh, we love post-credit scenes. We can actually believe in, and there are many we have discussed that we are starting to question. And I also, I even realized watching it back, Jenna mentioned Hercules the other day. So she's like, where's that going to pay off? So hopefully we see beast. We see binary. We see Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop. We see Amon Valani's, uh, Miss Marvel all pay off in the near future. Who knows? The future seems to be coming together. They're, they're changing things up at Marvel Studios, it seems like. Uh, one way or another, they're slowing their release is down at Disney. We got a lot to talk about on Wednesday's show because there's been a lot of news. So mm -hmm. subscribe to our channel on Phase Zero. Thank you so much for a very busy few weeks. Six weeks of Loki, 
We have had bonus episodes for Echo. We have your The Marvels episode, which you just listened to. Thank you so much for writing it out with us to the end. Drop a five-star review. Subscribe to the channel on uh, on YouTube. Uh, it's been very busy, but we have felt the love. We have really seen our listeners, our audiences grow in these past month and a half. I've really had a fun time doing this with everybody. I hope everybody has a wonderful Friday. Jenna, any last words for our The Marvels bonus episode of Faz Zero? <laughs> What a weird pronunciation. Um, it's at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on social media. As always, go read some comics. Like we were saying across this episode, there is so much comic lore baked into this movie. So you can pick any of the three protagonists. If you loved them in the movie, go read their comics. You won't be disappointed. Aaron? Uh, it's at some Lake Hornet on social. Uh, comicbook.com has all of your spinouts. Cam, shout out to Cam Vanamalo for calling the binary thing five days ago. It already oh. shows up in the Google search stuff, which is wild to see. And I just got a text from a friend of the show, Nick Valdez, that just said, Young Avengers. <laughs> no, I agree with him on that. There does seem to be a lot to look forward to, and Young Avengers are in that group. Jamie? Yeah, I just want to remind everybody that it is okay to just like things, uh, but it's nasty to root for things to fail. So um, if you if you do like the movie, tell your friends, because I hate to see the ladies flop at the box office. I know that this is not making a billion dollars like Captain Marvel, but, um, but if you like it, see it, because uh, it, it really is a joyful film. Yeah, the, also, the badge of honor to not, the badge of honor that it seems so many people think it is to wear to not like this movie, many of which never even saw it, is just so damn annoying. Uh, Aaron, go ahead. The Rotten Tomatoes is up to fresh now. That's yeah. right. It's up to That's 62, right. which I was like, okay, we'll see if it moves yeah. anymore. I mean, if you care about Rotten Tomatoes, because God, <laughs> what a minefield. We don't have time. We need J.K. Simmons out there being like, get the three of them in front of our camera now. Get them on the tonight show. Put them out there. <laughs> Uh, all right, y'all. Thank you so much, everybody. Subscribe to the channel. We will be back on Wednesday for our regularly scheduled Phase Zero episode. The Infinity Saga rankings might not be too far behind, uh, and there's still What If and more coming this year from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Who knows? Maybe we'll even get some trailers in the near future to, to do some more bonus episodes for. Uh, we got to wrap it up. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. Uh, leave your reviews of the Marvels in the comment section because we love hearing from you and seeing what you think as well. See you soon.